1: Our healthy relationship with children comes from having a healthy relationship with self.
0: You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 343. Today is a special episode where I am making a guest appearance on the Happily Together podcast with Kara and Caleb. kids. Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. So glad you are here. Hey, listen, if you haven't done so yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you have gotten some value from the Mindful Mama podcast, please do me a favor and go over to the Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a rating and review. It just helps the podcast grow more. It takes 30 seconds of your time. And I really, really greatly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. In a moment, I'm going to be sharing this great conversation with you where I make a guest appearance on the Happily Together podcast with Kara, a former celebrity chef, and Caleb, an ex-NFL linebacker. In this conversation, we talk about what it means to parent mindfully. And this is really a must-listen for any parent, but also for anyone who's looking to increase their mindfulness and learn how to consciously move from reacting to responding in life and so there are three important takeaways i want you to listen for in this episode how change begins with a willingness to accept that you're not where you want to be we're going to talk about how to raise confident children and how to allow our children to become our greatest teachers and we talk a lot about mindfulness in this episode and it's so timely because i am here to invite you to a free mindfulness challenge specifically for parents that we are holding on April 26th through May 2nd, 2022. And you know, know, we've talked about it, you'll hear all so many benefits in this episode, but are you practicing, right? So I've tried to make it super simple for you to start. You and your partner and your friends, anyone can join me for a free seven day challenge. I challenge you to practice for seven days. And I made it really easy and we have like giveaways and all kinds of fun stuff. And it's at mindfulmamamentor.com challenge. So go ahead and join me at mindfulmamamentor.com challenge. Now join me at the table as I talk to Kara and Caleb.
1: So today we talked with Hunter Clark-Fields and she wrote a book called Raising Good Humans. It's a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. And I found Hunter because uh, my dear friend Mercedes gifted me her book for my baby shower. Why, thank you, Mercedes. Thank you, Mercedes. And I was like, this is so good. It's so crucial to understand our healthy relationship with Children comes from having a healthy relationship with self. self. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely. She's really doing... A lot of great work, at kind of just breaking the cycle of reactive parenting,
1: mm-hmm. reactive
2: parenting. And again, like this lifestyle of living reactive, it doesn't, doesn't apply to parenting,
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but it applies to life in general. But I think the whole consensus with her and the work she's doing in regards to parenting is just like modeling healthy relationships, starting with the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful. She says so many great things. So she talks things. about her clear method. It's the method. Um, That she basically uses to help people and parents become more mindful. Mm -hmm. Very applicable and something that you can apply to your life like now. I just love, I can't get over uh, what she said. Um, I just love the concept of walking with your shadow in front of you.
1: Oh, that was so good.
2: She goes into it. I don't want to give it away. But when she said that, I've never heard that phrase before. Yeah,
1: it's really the beauty of accepting all parts of ourselves. All parts. But she breaks it down in such a beautiful way. Like when your
2: shadow is behind you, you're kind of afraid. Trying to hide it. Well, you're afraid too that it's chasing you, kind of deal. But when you're walking with your shadow in front of you, like you're not afraid of the things that are surfacing in your life. Mm -hmm. The shadow parts Mm -hmm. of your life, they're actually coming. It's such a, a,
1: gift. it's such a beautiful visual of uh, so beautiful. moving from reactivity to consciousness, right? Because when we when we are afraid of something, we're constantly reacting. And, and when we can move that to the forefront and actually just be conscious of it.
2: Yes. And so uh, Hunter Clark Fields, she is a Mindful Mama mentor. And she's the creator of the Mindful Parenting course. And she's the host of the Mindful Mama podcast. She is wildly followed author of Raising Good Human a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind confident kids. She helps parents bring more calm and peace into their daily lives. I think we could all use a little bit more calm and peace. Absolutely. <laughs> Hunter has over 20 years of experience in the meditation practices and has taught mindfulness to thousands. Worldwide,
1: She's wonderful. She is full of insight and great practical wisdom on how to move out of reactive parenting into we'll, mindful parenting.
2: Yeah, so we'll have uh, everything that's mentioned in this podcast, uh, the few books, the course, where you can find Hunter, it is all listed in the description to this podcast.
1: Let's go ahead and dive into this enjoyable conversation. I'm feeling good today. Hunter, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We're so glad to have you here, especially as we enter this little home stretch before our first child comes. I selfishly was like, I want to have Hunter on the podcast. She talks about mindful parenting, she's a mindful mama mentor. And we're just so glad you're here. Well, I'm glad
0: you're I'm glad you asked me. I mean, I think that's really insightful of you to think of be thinking about that, mm-hmm. you know, because like a lot of times we go into at least like first birth and it's all like the stuff, the labor. And then you're just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, there's this whole world of parenting after yeah. that. That is
3: you know, probably more important, you know? It's right, like, right. Ever since we found
2: out that we were pregnant,
3: yeah. I was
2: just like, okay, the first question that I sat with was like, what kind of parent do I want to be? Mm. And I've, I've done so much work um, since, you know, walking away from football over a decade ago and going on my own kind of path and my own journey of healing so much of my healing has been going back and really looking at the ways that I was parented. And I say that with such compassion and grace towards my parents. I do honestly believe that they did the best that they can. But I never really correlated the mental health challenges that I faced as a young adult with being wildly overparented. Mm. And so when we found out mm-hmm. that we were having a kid, I was just like, I do not want to be that overparent. Uh, that, that parent, mm-hmm. that over parent. So like Julie Lightcott Hames is somebody that I've gotten to know mm-hmm. pretty well and we've mm-hmm. talked to her. Uh, but it's just been an interesting journey because she's not even here yet. And I know um, that she's going to be our greatest teacher, but yet I've already learned so much. Uh, yes. It's just in the process of like, what kind of parent do I want to be? And when I answer that question, it is a mindful parent. And so I second what Kara say, and I'm just so glad that you're here with us today.
1: Yeah. Can you just tell us a little bit uh, uh, maybe about why this work? Why? What got you into mindful parenting?
0: Parenting can be loud, stressful, and rough some days. And we want to be able to go to bed and take care of ourselves in a really beautiful way. And that's why I love that. Cozy Earth is a sponsor of the podcast. Cozy Earth offers bedding products that will transform your sleep. The bedding is temperature regulating, which is like a huge sleep benefit, has superior softness, incredible fabric, and incredibly high quality. All the products come with a 10-year warranty. Truly incorporating Cozy Earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and your overall wellness. You deserve to treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence after all the day's craziness of parenting with cozy earth bedding and sleepwear. And it's a way to prioritize your self-care and sleep health. You deserve it. And here's an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use the code MINDFUL35 for 35% off. That's awesome. At CozyEarth.com. That's coupon code MINDFUL35 for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. is called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs, I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. Well, I um mindfulness came into my life when I was younger because I was very high, I was a highly sensitive kid and I just felt things very deeply and I would feel Kind of crushed by the world fairly often. Like it was just a lot to handle as living as a human being is. And um and mindfulness was something I started studying as a teenager. And oh, wow. and and I started really, really practicing just a few years before my first daughter was born. Mm. And it made such a profound impact on my life. Um, so I was very up and down. I would feel very like fall into these pits every kind of week or two in my life. And, and after I had a steady meditation practice and I started reading for a decade, but then after I had a steady meditation practice, I'd really just like stopped falling into those pits every week or two. It was like, Whoa, like I am so much more even keeled than i was and i i hadn't even realized it was just this missing uh thing and it was lovely <laughs> it really yeah. gave me a lot of equanimity in a, in a, in a, a big word. way it had a big impact on my life and then i had my first daughter and she, lo and behold she's highly <laughs> sensitive <in> as <laughs> well and um it's really hard like that first year was really hard i remember you know she would just like remember i was in this birth center and like my friends they would be this like they would just seem to so like blissed out and i'd be like it's hard Why am I struggling? <laughs> and um and then she started walking and talking around 18 months two years old and and as i like as i parented her kind of like kind of just basically probably repeating the parents up the patterns that i had been parented with This frustration, like my temper came up. This anger—it's so crazy. It's so funny to think about because, like, the little adorable, like, 18-month-old face is so cute, and it's so hard to imagine that that person can trigger so much anger in you. Yeah. And I yelled at her. I scared her. I could see I scared her Mm. in her eyes, and. I mean, I, you know, this just wasn't like, there was a pattern of like, uh, there was this happening and I really had to say, okay, well, lying on the floor crying and guilt and shame is not really helping me very much. Yeah. what can I learn here? And so I had to really kind of go back to the mindfulness practices because one of the things that it really, really helps us do is that emotional regulation and helps us to, practice, impulse control, and also like the awareness. So I oh. had this awareness of, um, when I, when my daughter has like big feelings and she had so, these big feelings in my body, it felt unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like this was unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And then I yelled and then I realized I had those feelings because when I was little and I had those big feelings, you know, my father's temper came out at me. And so he gave me this message loud and clear that it was unacceptable to have these big feelings. And wow. so you could see just kind of how that pattern uh, perpetuated itself. Yeah. And so that's really where all this work comes into play is like, there, you know, me wanting to do better was basically what I was really bad at. I was like, kind of good at doing all these other things. And why am I so bad at parenting? <laughs> and like, also like, I was at that time I started to listen to all these parenting coaches and Mm. they would say like, respond this way, respond this way. And I would be like, but I can't, I can't respond this way. And so I had to really wanted to bring together all that work with mindfulness that helps us to regulate ourselves with that work with skillful communication, because it, you know, you can't, you, you literally like kind of can't access that new learning. If you aren't able to kind of access your whole brain through some, regulation of the nervous system, which is a whole other thing. So I'll
1: <laughs> No, it's so good. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love it. I love um I love just this idea of uh entering into parenting consciously. And I think like so many people don't take inventory of of the ways that they were parented and of the things that the, that they carry into um into parenting. Yeah. We carry so much subconsciously in. And I, I I think it's on your website where you say a healthy a healthy parent begins with a healthy relationship with you. Can you? No, mm-hmm. uh,
2: yeah. It's- oh, go ahead. A healthy life or... I wrote it down. A healthy
1: <laughs> relationship with your oh. child
0: begins with a healthy relationship with yourself. I think yeah. it's
2: important to, it before you ask your question, like one, I know someone has probably said this to you, but just like honoring you. Mm. I think like what I heard in all of that is this, willingness and this wanting to do better mm. or this wanting to parent differently like there was that curiosity in you to begin with and I think that's such like a fundamental mm-hmm. like thing that has to before change happens there has to be like oh mm. can I do this better and it's not yeah. that it's not enough but can I do it better um and I just think that's like so powerful of having that curiosity and that desire to parent differently it's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. where it all starts
1: yeah, absolutely. I love that, that note on curiosity. Can you unpack that statement for us? The A healthy relationship with your children begins with a healthy relationship with you. Yeah. For someone who maybe is on the parenting journey or thinking about the parenting journey, how do, how do we begin that healthy relationship with self so that we can be in healthy relationship with our children?
0: Well, it's such a, awesome fundamental truths to kind of like pull out of this whole thing. Cause we go into parenting and we want the best for our kids. And so mm-hmm. many people want to do the best for our kids. And we're very um, like other focused and that we're child focused, right? And it's really, really fascinating because actually all the, you know, what we want for our kids and probably one of the things you're thinking about now, cause you're entering, you know, into this is that you, we want them to be securely attached, mm-hmm. right? Like we want them to have a secure attachment. We've, we've learned about that, how it promotes confidence, more happiness, better sibling relationships, better relationships with friends, all of these things are like, Oh God, I need to have that. And so we think like, you know, we need to do all these things or like I have to sleep a certain way or whatever. And really, what's really, really fascinating about that is that the research really shows that it's not about, has nothing to do with how you sleep, it has It <sighs> nothing to do with like what kind of carrier you have your baby in. Yeah. It has everything to do with your ability to be present, your ability oh, that's to good feel your own feelings, process your own feelings, your ability to have a healthy relationship with yourself because you can't be sensitive and connecting Mm. with another. If you can't be sensitive, you can't be self-aware. You can't be connecting with yourself. If you're Mm -hmm. trying to connect with another, but you're like closed off to yourself, that connection is just not going to happen. And that's when, you know, like insecure attachments and things like that happen. Yeah. Um, so it really, really begins with our ability to be aware, self-aware, our ability to feel our feelings, our ability to practice, regulate our feelings, all of that, like our, our, our ability to take responsibility for ourselves and our stress levels and all of those things as best we can in the circumstances we have, because We don't all have the greatest circumstances to be able to do that, but that's where that relationship starts. It starts with your relationship with you and that self-awareness. Which
2: all starts with mindfulness. I love it. (laughs) We just solved a lot of world's problems. (laughs) We just solved all the parenting problems. I love it. I love that you brought up a secure attachment because Mm. Mm -hmm. I, I, from the way that I understand it, you know, your attachment style is derived from usually your primary caretaker. um, And, I know, and again, I say, mom, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are because you love everything that I do and I appreciate the support. Um, I know that you did the best that you could absolutely uh, do, you know, but I also know like my mother, my father was always at work. And then so my mom really, you know, we were on the road. I was an athlete ever since I was young. My mom did not have the mindfulness or the self-awareness and she was a very reactive parent. Mm -hmm. And I never understood how that anxious attachment that was created between my mother and I and really created and it was like my, you know, the language of my nervous system, um, how that played out a role in my adult relationships as I began to get older and begin to date people and so on and so forth. And I remember one time dating a a girl before you and she said essentially like, why are you always watching me? Mm. And I remember like, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'll just be sitting on the couch or whatever, but I'll just like watch. And I would do it without knowing that I would do it. But I suddenly, after I started to do a lot of work around attachment styles, um, realized that, you know, with my mother constantly react being a reactive parent, right, I was always waiting for the, you know, proverbial shoe to drop. I was always on high alert waiting for something to happen, and then I could respond accordingly. So that began to shape my adult relationships In so many different ways and it was empowering drawing that connection and so i I say that i Mm -hmm. guess my my question is um how are i guess you kind of answered it with the mindfulness thing but Mm. how do we begin to really move from maybe in or move from whatever uh, attachment style we are in to helping create a more secure attachment Mm.
0: Yeah, because that's really interesting. Cause yeah, they say like you're 70% likely to have the same attachment yeah. style like as your primary mm-hmm. caregiver. But we have neuroplasticity, right? We can right. grow, we can change, we can heal and all of those things. And so yeah, it it what the work you're doing, right? So this in mindful parenting and the mindful parenting method, we start with mindfulness to help us calm our reactivity. Right. But, uh, help us, you know, we're all gifted with a nervous system that has fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. Right. We all, that nervous system can get overloaded and then it cuts off access to our whole brain. Right. So we need to, if we're going to be able to parent with every, you know, with all of our resources, we need to be able to sort of practice that. And then the the next step is understanding our triggers, right. Understanding our childhood, understanding like, for me it was understanding like why when she feels so upset why does it feel so like oh like mm. this early in my body right like and so and part of mindfulness practice is like coming being aware of the sensations of your body you know mm-hmm. we say mindfulness but it's like it's about being aware of the sensations in your body so with kindness and curiosity yeah. so understanding it does it really really helps to do the work you did to kind of like cognitively talk it out understand where our what our patterns are so you know we can have that awareness of them but also so the thing that we do in the next step in in that in mindful parenting is that we we practice to be able to take care of those difficult feelings because basically all of us were taught like don't have those feelings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. don't be upset, don't be sad, don't cry, don't be angry, just go away if you are, or you're wrong and bad if you are. And so for us to be able to, you know, we're human, right? Like, we're gonna Absolutely. have the full range, we're gonna be, like, peaceful and at ease, or we're gonna have, like, anger and rage and, and aggression, right? Like, that's normal for all human beings. Mm. So, to be able to we have to have a way a healthy ways to process those things that come in right to notice like that's tightness in my chest that's a feeling in my throat and start to uh to to listen to the messages our body is sending us and that you know those are those are mindfulness tools right like that's those are tools that we can do to start to have a healthy relationship and and move through those feelings and then what's beautiful about that is that It's like a two for one deal, (laughs) because as you practice, (laughs) as you practice, maybe sort of building that muscle of non reactivity as you practice learning how to process your feelings in a new in a healthier way, like not trying to block it, not drowning in it, but just kind of mindfully going taking that middle path through it, you're then modeling that for your kid. And, Mm. you know, kids are not, you know, Mm. they're not listed. They're they're watching the show, right? They're not listening to the dialogue. They're watching every second. So it's really about you have to live what you want your kids to learn. So if you want your kids to learn these things, that's what you have to live. Mm. And that, it always (laughs) points back to ourselves in in a really real way. Mm -hmm. I love that
2: you said building the muscle of Uh non-reactivity. It's a muscle. It's like... Uh you're building that muscle you can practice building that muscle Mm -hmm. so good
1: and I love the line you have to live what you want your kids to learn so beautiful
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you're not going to get it right like all the time like no one is you know like no one's going to get it right all the time and your kids will want attention and and you know like the best we can do I think it's so so important to remember the best that the absolute best we can do as parents is good enough Mm. and this is like a D.W. Winnicott, a psychoanalyst in the 50s, uh, coined that phrase, good enough mm. parent. And the, it's because, like, you know, if even if you were perfect, like that would not be good. Like you, you would have a kid who could not deal with life. If yeah. You were, like, yeah. Perfectly responsive. It would be fake anyway. Like yeah. it's just not real. So it's okay for us to, you know, you talked in the beginning about like you were overparented, and it's okay pay for us. And what I think this is an important message to kind of pull out from that and to remind ourselves is that it's okay for us to, to have a little space, to have space in our relationship with our kids, space for us to have our own life, so have good. things mm. that fulfill us, mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. time to ourselves. So good. um We don't have to like be, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not about a hundred percent of the time we have to be present. It's not even about 80% of the time we have to be present. Like probably it's like 30 to 50, maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's not about like being an absolute perfect angel of anything. It's about being real and practicing to give ourselves the space to be able to then choose how we want to respond, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, we, when our nervous system gets us in this mode of like, oh my God, it's an emergency and I have to respond right now. And (laughs) the truth is 99% of the time, it's not an emergency and you can take that space. And that space is what allows you to make a choice rather than just repeat old patterns. Mm -hmm. I just love
2: this too, because it's like, this isn't just about parenting. This is life. Yeah. (laughs) This is going to help you (laughs) throughout every area of your life. Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah. yeah, I think like what I hear with you and what you're saying, this only works, I feel like for the long haul when they're is self-compassion involved. Because you've said it like, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to miss the mark. I'm going to be reactive. I'm going to hurt my children. I'm going to Whatever Mm. it is. Like self-compassion is a critical component in all of this and just really in life in general. Mm. Um, So I guess my question is, is, has there been a recent moment of maybe you not measuring or reaching the standard that you want to practice? And then how did you respond in self-compassion? So what did that self-compassion look like for you?
0: Yeah, yeah, there has been a recent moment. I mean, there always will be for human, right? Um, Yeah, Um, we—I uh, I don't know. I made a joke about uh, we were talking about we were talking about. <laughs> I don't know how, like in the '80s, there were all these like songs about jumping. There's like
2: jump around, jump
0: around. <laughs> and the Pointer Sisters jumping, and there was crisscross jump, jump. Anyway, no one's gonna remember this. I know, but anyway, they were making a joke about it, and I was like, yeah you know, everybody <laughs> was like, you know, was like, they were jumping all the time and we we're skinnier and whatever. And it was like a little bit unskillfully said, it was a kind of like a little bit of a, like a fat shaming kind of way of seeing it. And it was like, not such a skillful way of saying something. And so, um, and one of my daughters is a little heavier and I was just like, Oh crap. Like later I was like, Oh, that wasn't such a great thing to say. Mm. So, I, the next morning, as I kind of realized and processed it, I just went into her bed and I was like, Hey, good morning in the morning. And we snuggled in the morning a lot. And I said, you know, I just told her, I said, you know, when I said that thing last night, I said this, I said, I, you know, I just want to apologize for that. Cause I think it was, it was not a cool thing for me to say. It wasn't good. So this, the, the point of that is, is like, we're in a relationship, right? Like mm. we are, are, are the thing with our kids, it's like a relationship, just like a relationship with your spouse. And you're going to be human. You're going to be so stupid, unskillful things <laughs> from time to time because right. you're human. Yeah. And so when we can, when we can offer ourselves some compassion, then we're able to do that step of, Oh, I'm able to, we're able to face that step of like, oh, let me like make a repair here. Um, you know, let me, let me acknowledge that I was a, making a dumb yes. statement and, and repair. And the reason why that works with self-compassion, which is so powerful, like we're in a culture that's very shaming and blaming. Mm-hmm. And if I said to myself, oh, you're such a jerk you're you're a horrible person for you know or if i shame myself for for making that like off the cuff unskillful not great comment mm. then i would be like oh i'm terrible you know it kind of puts you in this like pit where you can't really um make a change right you just feel helpless and you feel yeah um you know, you just feel like you can't, you're, there's something inhen- inherently wrong, wrong with me Absolutely. and et cetera. But if you can say, oh, that was a stupid thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you know, it's like, oh, that stinks. Okay, well, you said a stupid thing. That's life, Your you know, I, I know you have a good intentions in general, you're a generally good person to, you know, if you can have that kind of more, di- that dialogue with yourself, mm-hmm. like give yourself a soft landing when you mm-hmm. mess okay. up then you're able to pick yourself up and start again, right? You're able to begin anew because the truth is like any kind of growth is kind of outside our comfort zone. And so for me to say, wow, where did that come from? And kind of understand, like, you know, there's something going on there to grow from that comment, that, that mistake I have to kind of get out of my comfort zone. And, and to be that I have to be, softer, kinder to myself. Does that Absolutely. does that make
1: sense? It makes total okay. sense. And it, it really does create such a sense of safety for your daughter. I'm, I'm imagining with my own mom, I've said this before, and again, I echo Caleb, my parents did the best they possibly could with the tools that they had in parenting. Yeah, And in hindsight, I say a lot about her. I, I wish she would have been kinder to herself. Mm-hmm. I wish she would have mm-hmm. been more gentle with herself because her harshness towards herself was modeled. Well, what taught me to be mean to myself. Yeah. And I'm just imagining that conversation with your daughter and what it, what it represented was that she, she is surrounded by safety to make mistakes. She's surrounded by safety to say things that are, you know, unkosher or whatever, and then acknowledge them and own them and apologize for them and not interpret that as being a part of uh, her identity or having to having to mm-hmm. carry the shame around it but mm-hmm. I really love that because it does it does create just this just
2: difference yeah sorry I mean. ecosystem
1: of safety in a home where we're safe to make mistakes we're safe to mess up we're safe to be fully human and then we're safe to own that and and move on from that so yeah I yeah, love it it's just it. the
2: difference between like behavioral change coming from a place of love and self-compassion yeah versus behavioral change coming from a sense of self-criticism and mm-hmm. self-hatred
4: mm-hmm.
2: which that's the I was taught the latter yeah and it works for a season like you suck Caleb do better you suck Caleb you're hit missing the mark do better like you're a failure Caleb do better that was motivating for a season but mm-hmm. then what you don't realize is that's literally eroding your life from yeah. the inside out and then you kind of wake up one day and you realize oh my god I absolutely hate myself And then so if we can just go back from the beginning to like, oh, no, like I'm going to model Mm. self-compassion. I'm going to model this safe landing. We're going to make mistakes. It's not about not Mm -hmm. making mistakes in life. It's about being mindful in our response and responding with Mm self-compassion. It definitely creates an ecosystem of emotional and psychological safety for the young people in our life to do the same, which can create behavior change coming from self compassion and love which is just going to overall affect i want to believe your overall sense of happiness and well-being in life
1: yeah almost and and tell me if this if if this is a, a true statement but it's almost the inherent belief that you're good that your your children are good that they're inherently so good and that if a mistake is made if a comment is made that's out of alignment the work then is to to bring the self back into Loving alignment, as opposed to you're inherently bad. We got to make sure you don't say any bad statements. It's
2: so different, such a mm-hmm. different yeah. way of living life. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, there, that is a, a huge difference in point of view. And I think that we can't, we were raised, you know, culturally like that's a, mm-hmm. that's kind of a Judeo-Christian thing mm-hmm. that the United States is based on. Is this like belief in inherent badness that yeah. we have to correct? And the truth is that there, you know, we have all of it, right? Like we have all of it. And when we can, and the, the, the paradox of all that is that when we can accept, like when I had, when I accepted my anger, when I accepted that I had aggression, right? Like it's Mm. so hard for like women, right? we are so shamed for any kind of anger or aggression. I had to like practice to accept that when the, when we can start to accept like that we have all those energies, uh, you know, that are of human, like we have those in us, then they can kind of flow Mm. more, you know, they don't get so stuck, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like, it's like then the river's flowing a little bit more. We're not putting up these dams and blockages. Like, like we, it's that I think of the, I, a phrase I like to think about is like the idea of walking with your shadow in front of you, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, When it's behind you, it's like this big, scary, Scary. like, ah, I don't want to look at these bad things, right? But when you can walk in front of you and say, yeah, like, I'm not perfect. I say some stupid stuff. I, you know, I have, you know, I've got an ego in my head that says stupid, selfish things too, you know, and I've got this, but I've also got this, right? And then we can start to when we can start to accept that and look at it and say okay this is what it is to be human this is what it is to be me and that's okay Mm. then it's actually easier to nurture those positive seeds right it's easier to nurture like the seeds of gratitude and appreciation and and generosity and the seeds that you want to nurture if you're not just trying to like Push back demons if you're just like okay like they're there that's it that's part of life like oh hello hello (laughs) like um you know uh, hello anger i see you there there you are yeah you know then you know it's gonna just pass through it's easier i
2: love that i have never heard that before and i'm going to use it
1: Um, walking with your
2: shadow in front of you you. it's amazing like Mm -hmm. that is so good i feel like from an A young age, I have vivid memories of being outside in the dark and being scared of the dark and like having the moon cast a shadow and Mm. being just like that idea of like running away from this thing. It it reminds me of uh, the uh, Barbara Brown Taylor quote that I just has changed my life when I first read. I'm a huge Barbara Brown Taylor fan. I don't know if you know who she is, but she's one of my favorite like speakers and writers of culture, like kind of intersecting culture and spirituality. And she has a quote mm-hmm. out there sa- that says, it's not the sadness that sinks a person's life. It's the energy a person spends avoiding the sadness that sinks a person's life, mm. right? And so it's not yeah. the grief that sinks a person's life. It's not, not the, the worry, anger. it's not the anger, it's not the fear. Mm-hmm. It's the energy that we spend. But when we can walk with our shadow in front of us, mm-hmm. right? We can recognize and accept and like, oh, you're here. It's that Rumi quote, like, you know, it's all of these unwanted visitors, you're inviting them into your house and giving them a seat at the table, mm-hmm. right? They're a mm-hmm. messenger communicating a message to us that's for us and it's just Mm -hmm. shifting the paradigm with all of that I just love that walking with your shadow in front of you beautiful
1: it's so beautiful yeah
2: um I know that with uh the work that you do um you have a framework I love frameworks
1: (laughs) we love systems and frameworks
2: frameworks because it just helps my very messy mind (laughs) compartmentalize things um can you go with uh when it comes to really moving out of the Reactive to um, maybe responding, becoming a more responsive parent. Uh, You have the mindful parenting method clear. Can you maybe just break that down?
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, I know. We're so excited when we were like, it's an (laughs) yes <laughs> so helpful uh, yeah so the clear method is the it starts with the big big first step is calm right the c stands for calm and that means calming our reactivity right so we can have habits that steady the heart the mind and the nervous system because we all have a nervous system that's wired for survival we all have different causes and conditions in our life right so we co- These habits that study the heart, the mind, and the nervous system, the ability to like kind of start to disarm your triggers, understand and disarm them, and then be able to process difficult feelings. So that's like a lot under the calm step of, of the mindful parenting method. And that's what we, people are sometimes, you know, we always start with you, right? Like Mm. with that, because that's the foundation. Mm -hmm. That's how you can access your whole brain. That's how you can access your deeper intentions, all that and then the L stands for listen and we listen reflectively creating connection. And so Love the it. thing is we want to be able to parent, we want our kids to cooperate, listen to us and things like that. And to do that, they, we want to be able to cultivate like that connection because that's the glue. That's the motivation for your kids to cooperate with you. It's the idea of working with intrinsic motivation rather yes. than extrinsic motivation. So listening mindfully listening reflectively is really creating connection. And then E stands for, um, express. So expressing yourself authentically, honestly, mm-hmm. and effectively, because, um, when we need to like hold a boundary with our kids, when we need, you know, we have needs that we need to honor. We, how do we express that without, you know, using blame, shame, and punishment, we pre- we have s- practices to skillfully express yourself th- authent- authentically honestly and effectively mm. and then the a stands for attend just pre- it all comes back to like being present be yeah. present for yourself be present for your- as best you can for 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 what's real and then the r is um resolve problems resolve resolve problems based on needs so rather than we teach a method of rather than kind of like using power over, we teach about how to resolve problems based on needs. What are your need? What are you needing? What am I needing? How can we get both of those needs met? Right. Mm -hmm. So rather than like my way or the highway, it's like, how can we both get our needs met? And there's often many, many ways to get all of our needs met. So it's, it's about teaching interpersonal skills as well. Yeah.
1: I love it. So
2: calm, listen, express, attend, resolve.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. With this method, um, how have you seen it show up differently? I know you have two daughters. How, how, how have you seen it play out differently with, with two different personalities?
0: Well, I mean, it's interesting to see. I've seen it play out in like lots of different people, right? Like in all these different people, um, with, Well, it's interesting, you know, with my older daughter, I was more unskillful. Like she, she got, she got some unskilled patterns (laughs) at the very beginning. So it's interesting to see that, um, you know, with her, I had to like, kind of the, you know, there was like a, like kind of, I had to undo and then redo a little bit with her. And so that, that was challenging. And also she's very sensitive. I'm very sensitive and um but she really challenges me she's the one she's like the the catalyst of all this her sensitivity because Mm. she was just like not standing for it but um for my old unskillful ways (laughs) so um so I have to be I have to be really self-reflective with her and really honest you Mm. know and I have to practice to like create that connection, listen to create connection. You know, it's interesting, you know, when she was four, I listened to her talk about my little ponies and talk about the whole story of my little ponies and what Fluttershy is doing and blah, blah, blah. And now when she's 14, she talks to me about all these different things like on her own terms. Right. Mm. So she, cause she knows I'll, I'll listen to her. Right. So it's always coming back to that listening for creating connection. When my second daughter, it's interesting. Cause it's so different, right? Like second daughter, I was like, all right, I'm starting to understand some of this stuff (laughs) three years later. Right. (sighs) And, and, um, I'm putting together things. I've been taking trainings. I've been going and putting all this stuff together. And so she's, um, you know, she's, and she's like a more emotionally intuitive person. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really interesting to kind of see that. And she's, she's very, she's more expressive of her inner self you mm. know and, and what's kind of happening with her emotionally so um I don't know it's so hard to say yeah that. yeah <laughs> you know it's good yeah people, right they're such different personalities but um but yeah it's interesting like th- the biggest changes I see are like when people start p- using all the tools and then they're like oh like my kids are listening to me mm. <laughs> they're like oh my god like, it's so exciting, you know, to see, because it, what happens is we get in a pattern, kids get in a pattern of resistance. Mm. If we're doing things like f- threatening and ordering, you know, and like, if you have a two-year-old, you're, you're going to see this soon, like you get in the world <laughs> of two-year-olds, poor two-year-old's life is like constant commands and orders, yeah. like put on your shoes, take off your shoes, put on your shirt, pick up the toys, <laughs> go over here, go over there, get in the car seat, right? Like, it's like. Endless. And so it's interesting to, to think about like, well, how can we communicate with this person, um, without just issuing commands? Cause what happens yeah. is like, nobody likes being command ordered around, even if you're two and they, so, uh, they start to develop a habit of resisting mm. you. And that's really where a lot of that starts. And then we start up the, up the ante and go for the threats. Right. But, um, but it all starts there. And it's so interesting to see like, well, how would I say, how would I say this to like my mom yeah. if she had to put on her shoes and get out the door? Right. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's interesting to kind of start to shift our, shift our, our mindset about communication. Cause we're in a, culture in a sea of communication that is speaks to kids in a certain way as mm. a lesser than way. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. I love um I love too. as you were talking, I was just thinking about how much of, of this method is and I know it is one of the steps, but it, it is about being present. It's about being totally fully here and responding from the here and now and being with being with the emotions, being with, with the needs, being with the the very essence of the human that you're with. And I I love that because I think as much as we can prepare and practice and have vision for, for how we're going to par- this, parent. This
2: is going on our fridge.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so much of it will come down to our ability to be present with her. Yeah,
2: can you, um, so when, when the resolve, the last resolve, solve problems based on needs, is this like resolving between parent and child? Mm is that weird. Yeah, t-
0: well, I mean, the the kind of secret about like mindful parenting and raising kids is that these are life skills for any I relationship. Think, yes, yes yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So they're a little bit they're universal skills yeah. actually. Yeah. Um but yeah, um yeah, between parent and child. So, um if you have a need and your child has a need, you're you're going to have conflict. Like conflict is totally normal. It's like the goal is not to never have conflict, but when you have conflict, and your kid wants to do one thing, you want to do another thing. They want to stay, you want to go. Whatever it is, right? Like, we, then we can kind of get below beneath that level of like surface um, solutions, mm. and instead say, "What am I needing? Yeah, and what are you needing? And maybe how can we meet? How can we meet both of our needs? Yeah, yeah. right? And that's kind of something that we can start to start to do really from a very very young age is start to think about well, I need this. You need this. How can we meet these needs? And so it's, it's, and when we, when our kids are older, we can have a conversation about it. We have a whole process. Like we have, I have people write on a big piece of paper and, you uh-huh. know, dude, uh, I have a whole process with it, but like it can start very, it can start when they're young, when they're nonverbal, where you just verbalize what your guesses are about their needs mm. and start to, to say that. So it's really, um, Love a process that. that can be adapted to any age. It's, just,
2: it's never about the thing. It's about the need behind the thing.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
2: you know, mm-hmm. It's just so important to, to remember that. Uh, I know in your book, uh, Raising Good Humans, you know, it's the mindful guide to breaking the life cycle or the cycle of reactive parents. And raising kind confident kids. Mm. can we kind of shift the conversation into that last piece of raising confident kids?
1: Kind and confident
2: kind too <laughs> yes that's that's good
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I'm just always kind of interested in the the confidence side of things um, mm-hmm. you know over I learned early on that my confidence was found in my skill set and my ability. Mm. Right. And so that was a very, you know, big surge of confidence at a young age. But I never really grew the self-efficacy part. I never really Mm -hmm. grew into the inner self-confidence that I could do hard things, that I can fail and get back up again. Right. The confidence that comes from resilience that was never kind of cultivated Mm -hmm. inside of me. And so having only confidence in my skill set and talent, the challenge became, you know, when I get into the NFL, Suddenly I'm not the most skillful and not the most talented. And I'm like, fuck, where's my confidence? <laughs> it's like <laughs> I've lost all confidence. So I think it's the question is, is how do we mm. begin to cultivate a more intrinsic confidence that's derived from self-worth?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And it is interesting to think about it. Like you had this external, external sense, and that's amazing. That's a powerful anchor in your yeah. life. That's really cool. Um You know, when I think about this, like the kind and confidence things, I think about like, well, what do I want for my kids ultimately? And ultimately I want them to be comfortable in their own skin. I want them to feel like themselves for who they are, accept their feelings, right? To be able to like love them, accept themselves exactly as they are, right? And that's really, really what that boils down to. because if they can do that, if they can like themselves for they are, if they're comfortable in their own skin, then they can do anything, right? Absolutely. They can Love that. figure Absolutely. out how to solve problems, and 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 they can overcome adversity. They can have resilience and all of those things. So, I think ultimately that essentially comes down to us being able to love them unconditionally, uh, accept them, Mm. whatever their feelings are, all the different feelings. Right. So that's, that's part of that kindness and confidence also in mindful parenting and raising good humans talk about like kind of the, the conditions of, you know, your home and um, uh, simplifying, right. Kind of like part of that confidence, that resilience Um, the ability to problem solve and all that comes from having a a grounded and creative mind, Mm. you know. Mm -hmm. And one of the worries I have for this generation of kids is that we're just they never allowed to be bored, they're allowed to like have a moment, you know, where they're not being entertained, etc. So I invite people to, um, create some space for that. Right. And it can be space in your schedule. It can be space, space in your home, you know, um, like in my house, we've had a screen-free Sunday, like a Sabbath for screens for Mm -hmm. like ever. And when they're young and the most amazing projects come out of screen free Sunday, like, cardboard towers that are like super high and the like making a fort in the woods Mm. and all the different, like that all comes out of when they have the space and they can't take the easy answer for uh, how do I deal with being bored? Mm. And so, so part of it is that, that loving acceptance. I mean, that's really the essential piece, right? Like I'm here, I see you, I hear you, I accept you. And uh, that, that like attention, right? Like your eyes light up when you see your kids, you, you know, you, you see them even when they're having a hard time and they're being a B-I-T-C-H, you're <laughs> like, okay, I still love you. And then also some space and time in their lives to be able to discover who they are and to have to have skill sets have competence to to have free and open play to develop creative minds and, and things like that i think that's also really important yeah when
2: with your screen free sundays is that something that you set the standard with since they were young or is it something you had a back pedal on mm. and be like screens are going out of the out of the house and we're going to implement a new rule on sundays
0: uh, no, we started from when we were young. So I, I don't know do that. <laughs> if that, like, they're 11 and 14 now. I don't know if we could do that now yeah, if we
4: right.
0: had not done yeah. it from when they were young. Yeah. So it's something that I really encourage um, you to do when your
1: kids are young. I, I, love, I that. love that. Kara wants
2: screen-free weeks.
0: <laughs> I do.
1: <laughs> well, I think what you're touching on is such a beautiful, beautiful reality that we need space. We need space to explore who we are and, and what we want and we live in a time where everything is just so crowded. Every moment is crowded and every day is crowded. And I love, I love um, this perspective too, because the screen free Sundays, how I interpret it is it's a, it's a gift. It's a gift of a Sunday as opposed to a rule. It doesn't feel like a rule. It doesn't feel like a, um, what do you mean by a gift? Like it's, it's a gift that you're, giving your family. It's this uh, this expansive freedom gift of a Sunday as opposed to sometimes we're, when we create boundary or structure around things, it's like, well, we can't have screens from seven to two or whatever the thing is. And it feels more rule oriented. This feels like I'm gonna give my family a gift of a screen-free Sunday.
2: Yeah. I wonder even if like, I'm not diminishing what you're calling it, but like <laughs> entitling it like creative thinking Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> right, where it's screen-free, but we're going to essentially create new ideas on Sunday or whatever. <laughs> I'm always like, what's the aspirational identity I want around to
1: the Sunday. pull people oh, into? You know, So
2: what's the aspirational identity around Sunday? Yeah, mm-hmm. but no, I love that.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's so helpful. I should
2: implement that into my life now.
1: <laughs> Same, let's start practicing. Yeah, we should.
2: <laughs> Sundays are when the good shows we've, are on TV though.
1: Hunter, we've in, in our in our non-footballs <laughs> yeah, yeah, on Sundays. Like, <laughs> so That's true. In our non um, child life, in our in our life without children, we've had a lot of time for screens <laughs> and TV. And we keep joking that like it's all gonna go out the window when she's here. Honestly,
2: it's something I've had to grieve. <laughs> it's not not that we we're like constantly watching screens, but just that moment of, okay, I've worked hard today. i yeah. I've, I've You know, I've done my habits. I've met my goals. I've knocked off my to-do list. Mm -hmm. I'm satisfied. Like, this is good. Now I'm going to rest. I'm going to sit my ass on the couch. I'm going to watch this TV. I'm like, this is going to be gone. Yeah. Like, there's no just like really for, you know, the time (laughs) being. But anyways.
1: I think too, one more thing is as we're talking about it, I love that the screen-free Sundays or whatever the thing is, it creates um, a form of rhythm. And Mm. that is, I mean – If I think about the things in my life that have been the most beneficial, generally they come with some kind of rhythm, some kind of sense of, yeah, yeah, like rhythm and routine and and renewal and...
2: Yeah, I just want to go back to, to something that you said that I love. Because I when you first said this, I was like, oh, where is she going to go with this? When you said, uh, what I want for my kids. Yeah. And I was like, oh, where what, what is she going to go with this? Um, I think I've just, I'm really in this place of knowing that I have a daughter coming. Like, she is her own entity. She's her own soul mm. coming into this world for her own experience. Her own journey. And I don't want to... I already have, like, she's going to be a creative. She's going to be an artist. She's going to be, and I'm like, fuck,
1: maybe she's not. Caleb literally is like, she's going to wear Vans and (laughs) holy holy jeans. And she's probably going to have long, blonde, curly hair.
2: Right. And so it's it's this (laughs) constant dance between, and this is life in general, a constant dance of letting go of the expectations of how I think or where I should be in life or how I think life should look like and being here now and allowing it to... The transition, like you kind of said, like the river of life is already moving. I'm moving away from trying to push it to learning how to rest in it. And I'm moving away Mm -hmm. from this willful attempt to hold everything together and to force my life to happen to really learning how to co-create with the universe and experience the life that is already happening. It's just an ultimately, Mm -hmm. it's just a wildly different approach to life. And I Mm -hmm. think the same applies to parenting when it comes or how I want to parent is allow this to be this organic process of being here as a safe space, but she's her own entity. But I love what you said going back to um, my initial statement. I just want my children to be comfortable in their own skin. Mm -hmm. Like that is so So profound and powerful. I've lived feeling like a foreigner in my own skin for so many years of my life. Mm -hmm. And the onslaught of mental health challenges and just emotional unwell and unrest that comes from that Mm -hmm. is just very painful. So that being the intention, I just think it's so beautiful.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love the discussion about expectations because that's we talk about that a lot in mindful parenting. The idea of beginner's mind, seeing things fresh, like being curious, right? Yeah. Who are you? You know, because kids are constantly changing. Like letting go of our labels and kind of seeing like who are you? Like yeah. allowing them to be that different play person that they are and. And also acknowledging like that, that's part of like the human tendency. this part of the human brain is to make shortcuts and take label, you know, make labels because the, the brain wants to conserve energy. And mm. so, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I, I felt like, um, you know, I was really very open to whoever my kids wanted to be. And then it was interesting um, earlier this year, my 14 year old daughter came out as being gay and wow. I was just like, you know, there was some processing, like it had gone yeah. against an expectation about her that I didn't even know I had, Yeah. you know? And, um, and it, it's just interesting to kind of like, see that, right? Like yeah. we, we practice these things. Like we water the seeds of open-mindedness. Yeah. We water the seeds of mm-hmm. like being open and curious and we acknowledge, right? Like, yeah, like we're human. We're gonna make expectations. We may have different ideas, and so to have those processes to be yeah. able to. My process was okay. I gotta go for a run. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, she she told me after this like incredibly stressful day where mm. uh, my husband had been in the ER. For what he was fine, but we were there for like eight hours, mm. and then I came uh. home, and then it came out, and I was just like. I was like, oh, my God. And then I remember a run. And then after that, I was like, okay.
1: Like all of my you know, tools this, I need right now, all of yeah. my tools. That's beautiful <laughs> yeah, that yeah. she came
2: out to you, though. That's yeah. like, that's, I feel like, you know, I'm a full-time speaker. And the last few years I've been in schools, and the amount of students that have, like, just come out to me just because mm-hmm. they don't feel safe, safe. enough mm-hmm. to come out to the parents mm-hmm. in their lives. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, I think it's so beautiful and it's a testament to the work that you've done in creating that psychological safety that I'm, I'm sure can be attested to the mindfulness that you bring into yeah. parenting.
1: And really speaks to that gift that you've given her of being comfortable yeah. in, her, in own her own skin. skin. Yeah, it's that's so
2: beautiful. Um, I've loved our conversation. Um, I have a, a, a few rapid fire questions if you're good with that. <laughs> so I'm gonna give you a, a space for a billboard. It can say anything you want. What is it gonna
0: say? Oh God. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Love and accept yourself. Oh, mm-hmm. love that. Yeah.
2: I will gladly support that billboard. Um, I know you wrote. It. Yeah. <laughs> I I know you wrote a book, Raising Good Humans, but outside of your own book. What is the one book you would recommend? Or if you could only gift one book for the mm. rest of your life, what would that book be?
0: Oh, well, it has to be uh has to be the book that I do gift a lot. Okay. But um and it has nothing to do with raising good humans, but it's it's called No No Birth, No Death by Thich Nhat Hanh, And it's Oh, about, love it's yes. about uh, when somebody passes. Wow. Yes.
2: That's beautiful. Uh, I'm reading uh, The Grace in Dying mm. right now by Kathleen Singh, I think. Yeah, so I feel like that's so aligned. Beautiful. Mm. Um, last question. When you when it comes to living a life happily together, based on your experience, your life experience, what has helped that happen the most?
1: Mm.
2: Or what has been most beneficial when it comes to living a life happily together?
0: Uh communication and like understanding your self-awareness and communication like yes. they have to go hand in hand
1: right? awesome absolutely hunter this has been so insightful yeah, thank you so thank much you for, for the time. your wisdom thank you for wait your, your... can we
2: talk about like real quick anything you're doing coaching programs offering services
1: oh yeah sure um
0: Mindful parenting is uh I just in a membership. And I'm teaching um other I'm I'm run it, you can find out mindfulmama mentor.com, but I'm also doing it's very exciting, a teacher training program where I'm teaching others to teach oh, mindful cool. parenting in their local communities, which is really cool. So amazing. That's the big those are the big things that are happening uh in my world. Amazing.
1: Um, and we can find that all at your website. We'll link it below. Yeah. I just need to um,
2: publicly announce to all of our podcast listeners: I just cut my wife off (laughs) in a minute. I was literally
1: gonna say, Hunter, tell us about what you're doing.
2: (laughs) I'm telling you, like working together has been such a great experience because I'm not the easiest person to work (laughs) with. Sometimes I just bulldoze, and Kara's like, "You're bulldozing me." I'm like, "Damn it!"
1: It's not bulldozing.
2: Yeah, sorry. It's not
1: bulldozing. we
2: literally finish each other's sentences we do it's a testament to our love yes <laughs> or, <codependent>, or codependency <laughs> or
1: codependency oh Hunter again thank you so much and your book Raising Good Humans will link below yeah. that has been I was gifted that at my uh, baby shower cool. and I oh. have loved it
0: What a great conversation, right? So remember, you are invited to do to join my free 7-day mindfulness challenge specifically made for parents. Made, I made it super simple for you to start a mindfulness practice. You can join, your parenting partner can join, your parents, your friends, anybody who you think can get enjoy any of the many benefits that we talked about in this episode. Share it with your parent friends. It's mindfulmamamentor.com challenge. We start on April 26th. That's mindfulmamamentor.com challenge challenge and thank you so much for listening i'm so glad you've been here today i hope this has watered your good seeds and helped you become more grounded and peaceful and present for your kids and listen if you love this episode please do me a favor share it on your instagram stories and tag me at mindful mama mentor and you might as well follow me there and fill your feed with great mindful parenting inspiration so thank you so much for listening i can't wait to see you over on instagram at the challenge let's start to transform things bit by bit because it really really is true that as you create more peace in yourself you create more peace for everyone so Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Namaste.
1: I'd say definitely
4: do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it.
1: I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you.
3: No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I had this you can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting.
0: Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for community of people who get it, who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside mindfulparentingcourse.com.
3: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom.